When everything is messed up, God is not. I hope that as you listen, you'll discover how God's unwavering presence offers strength and hope. And when we balance our doubts with belief, we find meaning even in our trials. I encourage you to join me today on this journey toward a deeper and more resilient faith as we look at the messy stuff and sort it all out. On Life Repurposed, you'll find a blend of practical wisdom and biblical inspiration that's designed to help you navigate everyday life with faith, purpose, and hope. We focus on personal and spiritual growth with a range of topics from improving your relationships and discovering your purpose to setting and achieving goals, plus tools and resources to help you live your repurposed life. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn the author of books and Bible studies about finding hope in the trashy stuff of life. Before we jump into the show, let's just pause for a moment for me to tell you about one of the books I have written that I think you might be interested in if you're looking for a new Bible study. Have you ever faced life's curveballs and felt as if you were in pieces? There's no need to be a Bible expert, this book meets you right where you are. So what's inside? Over six weeks, you'll dig into the Apostle Paul's story and his timeless letters, no fancy degree required. You'll explore thought-provoking questions and reflections and go a little further with micro-studies throughout the week. Renewed is like a roadmap to rediscovery, renewal, and the kind of joy that sneaks up on you in the midst of life's messiness. It's like catching up with a friend who's been through it and wants to share their hard-earned wisdom. Themes such as redeemed, restart, repurpose, revive, rejoice, and repeat light the way, showing you how to find beauty in the cracks and grace in the chaos. It's sprinkled with humor, relatable examples, and a healthy dose of soul-searching, and this book is your partner in spiritual growth. Whether you're flying solo or diving in with a group, Renewed has you covered. And don't worry, I left plenty of space for your notes, scribbles, and doodles. Ready to take a journey toward renewal, hope, and some serious soul-soothing? Grab your copy of Renewed, then get comfy, and let's dig in. I've tackled some tough topics lately, and my guests have been talking about their experiences, and if you've been following every episode, you know that maybe some of these are a little bit heavier and I want to offer some hope this week. I've been listening to a series of interviews on another podcast, and I'll mention the name in the link at the end of this episode. But this has been about why people have stayed with their faith, even when everything else seems messed up. Why they still believe in Jesus after feeling as if they've wanted to walk away from the church for a time. Why they are still a Christian. I have found myself pondering that as well. And I want you to know I still am a Christian. But I've wondered Why is my life repurposed in such a way that includes still loving Jesus, even after I've wrestled with some of the challenges and disappointments along the way? Ultimately, it's because my faith in Jesus gives me peace, and I know that no matter what, I rest on hope. There is an anchor for my soul when I need to be tethered. So today I want to talk about where God is in the messy stuff of life, and this episode is titled, When Everything is Messed Up, God is Not. Let's talk about some of those messy things, some of the challenges that you might face in different areas of life. First, in your job, the work-life balance. 
Many people struggle to find the right balance between their professional and personal lives, and this can lead to stress, burnout, and strained relationships. And I actually talked last week in the last episode with Crystal Payne about time management. So if you want to look at that one too as a good resource, that's helpful. Another thing related to jobs is job insecurity. In today's fast-paced world, sometimes job security is not guaranteed. Companies don't stick around because they can't afford to stay in business or they can't find enough of the right kind of help and then that affects other people's jobs. And so with the constant changes and economic uncertainties, it can lead to anxiety and fear. Another thing in a job might be fulfillment and purpose. I've been in this place before where I make money, but I don't feel fulfilled or satisfied in the job. If that's you, it can maybe lead to feelings of stagnation, dissatisfaction, and you really want to know, is there something else out there for me? This is a mess. Now let's think about family. There are communication issues that can always get in the way of feeling at peace with life. And effective communication is vital in any family. But when you experience miscommunication, conflicts, and misunderstandings, which are very common, those can really shake us up and really feel like uh, we wonder, is where's God in the middle of this mess? Another thing related to family is balancing responsibilities. If it's juggling responsibilities for children, taking care of parents, and other relatives' needs, personal needs, all of that, balancing it all can be overwhelming and lead to feelings of guilt and especially inadequacy. And then there are the changing dynamics of family. This can change over time due to various factors like children growing up, new additions to the family, or family members moving away. I've covered the children growing up part in an episode a few episodes ago where I talked about how it feels when you have to pivot because everything in your life has changed, and maybe it's because your children have moved away. Those are just a few things related to family. How about the messiness at church? Personally, it might include doubts and questions, and even within a faith community, we face those, and it can sometimes lead to feelings of isolation or uncertainty. I'll cover that a little bit more in this episode as well. There's another challenge that I have faced before, and that's just feeling spiritual dryness and feeling distant from faith. And it might not be a full-on dark night of the soul, as some people talk about, but just a desert kind of an experience. And maybe going to church just doesn't feel like there's any life there. It really feels like you're spiritually dried up. Another thing that I've experienced at church, and maybe you have too in the past, is disagreements or conflicts. Like any community, our church communities are not immune to disagreements or conflicts, and it can really challenge our sense of belonging. The fourth thing and final thing that I wanted to talk about in the messy stuff of life, and there's so much more, but we're only covering these four, thinking about friendships. One is drifting apart which can happen. Friendships change over time. People experience that pain of growing apart with their once close friends. And maybe you've experienced that where you feel that sense of loss because you've drifted apart from somebody that you've really cared about. Another thing that's very real is betrayal and hurt. When trust is broken, it leads to feelings of betrayal and that emotional pain, especially if you just wonder, can I ever trust this person or another person again? 
And then there's loneliness and isolation that can happen in friendships. Despite being surrounded by people, sometimes we feel lonely and isolated. And it might be that we just don't feel like we have deep, meaningful connections with people. And so that can really feel messy. It can feel very lonely. Now, all of these are challenges that are a very real part of the human experience. So life itself is messy. It's hurtful. It can be lonely. And I've been through many of these times in my life as well. During those seasons, it feels like the tears come easily, like they're ready to spill over at any moment. And let's face it, my tears spill over for happy things just as easily. So when the emotions are running high, extreme joy, extreme sadness, all of that, I can just burst into tears, is how I express frustration, disappointment, sadness, all the things. And um, actually, a little aside there, God has really been giving me peace and handling emotions in a new way where I have learned not to cry about all the things that I used to cry about. Not that I'm trying to be stoic or anything, but I've just really spent... Uh, really felt a sense of peace sometimes in the middle of these situations where I feel like in the past I would have melted down and God's helping me hold it together. So let's think about this. Messy situations provide opportunities for growth, resilience, and a deeper understanding of our faith because there is hope in the chaos. God is there. And I want to talk about that more. So this is not just about focusing on the messy stuff. That's just the start of a list there. But let's talk about finding hope in the chaos. In the middle of a lot of uncertainty and even hurt from people within your church circle or people that share the label of Christian, God is still there. When the people abandon you or you feel as if you've lost your way somewhere, God doesn't abandon you. So the thing for us to remember in the middle of everything that we go through is that God doesn't change. In a world where circumstances and situations are constantly in flux and people and relationships are always changing, this unchanging nature of God provides a source of stability and reassurance. And that's one of the reasons I have not abandoned my faith. As I've walked through different processes throughout life, I always come back to this thing of knowing that when people are a mess, God doesn't change. His promises don't change. And that means that his love, his purpose, and his provision don't leave us. One of the things when I say provision, the hope of Jesus that he provided as our Savior doesn't change. Even when you doubt whether God really loves you that much, he does not change. He has not stopped loving you. God is present, and that's another source of peace for me. No matter how chaotic or challenging life may be, he's there. This means that even in the darkest moments, we're never truly alone. And in the moments that we feel the most alone and it feels the darkest, he's a source of strength and comfort. I can't even explain the peace that I've had when I've stepped into situations that should feel scary, they should feel turbulent, when emotions are high, when that those tears are about to spill over. I sense his peace and his presence, and it's his voice saying things like it's going to be okay. Actually, I'm going to link in the show notes when I get to the resources at the end of this episode there's a Tasha Layton song with that title, It's Going to Be Okay. And I have cranked that up on the radio in my car before when I'm going through something really difficult. It's just that reassurance in the words of that song that it's going to be okay, that God is present no matter how chaotic it is. That darkness that I talked about, 
Sometimes it's very real. And the other thing that I have found is that God truly is a source of light there. I've not stopped believing in God's constant presence and faithfulness. It has given me a sense of hope and resilience, and it provides the motivation to keep moving forward, knowing that he guides through the darkest of moments. And I want you to find that too. The reason Life Repurposed exists is in the hope that as you explore and you think through what direction is God taking my life in, I really want you to find that encouragement on your own as well. And your journey is going to look very different from mine. And I, I hope that you have sensed that in that darkness that's very real, God has shown up as a source of light. Sometimes it's just a glimmer of light and knowing that his presence is still there and there's hope that in the middle of this, I'm going to get through to the other side of it. God is also powerful in bringing order out of chaos, and I see little evidences of his positive working on something, and I'm reassured that he's got this, that he has not stopped noticing my littlest needs. And little old me has needs that I don't even voice out loud to people sometimes, and in my prayers I tell them to God. And I prayed specifically recently for something. I was feeling really alone in my process of sorting through what's true, what's not true, And really feeling like not knowing who can I have conversations with where it's safe for me to process without judgment. Who's going to not jump to assumptions if I start to share some of the things that I'm really wrestling with on my heart? And I felt as if God had called me to a place where none of the voices right close around me had aligned. And I'm talking right close around me like maybe some of the people I see in my everyday life. Not necessarily. I have a lot of supportive friends online, so I want I um shout out to all those who are my friends out there. Um, but I was just in a place where I was seeing maybe more and more of the relationships that I've had where I hadn't felt safe to just talk about what God had placed on my heart. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but I hope you hear my heart there. <laughs> just know that I had specifically then said to God, "I need you to send someone." to speak something that would reassure me that I'm not alone. So I just prayed that. God, send somebody. I'm not looking for this person to be my new best friend or anything like that. I don't know if it's somebody I already know or somebody I don't know. But Lord, my prayer is that you would just send somebody, somebody who's in my neighborhood, in my area, who will reassure me I'm not alone. Within days, God sent someone was somebody I barely knew and whose path crosses mine very seldom. But she said something that spoke straight to my heart. And just because she specifically said something, it reassured me that God had heard my prayer. Have you ever had that where somebody says something so specific that you're like, uh, that was only God that sent that person. I told her in the moment that God had used her to encourage me. And she said she had considered not saying anything because she felt alone. And there you have it. In my loneliness, God heard me. She felt alone. I felt alone. And God nudged her to say something. It wasn't wasn't even huge. If I shared it with you, you'd be like, what are you talking about? But you know what? In that moment, God surprised me with an unexpected source of encouragement. But shouldn't I have expected it? I asked him for it after all. And there is the reminder that he does not change. His plan for loving the world has not changed. John 3.16 has not changed. It still says he loved the world enough to send his only son so that we could have hope 
that we can have eternal life. And the next verse after that says, not to condemn the world, but to save the world, to offer salvation. So that has not changed. When the question comes up, then why do I still believe? My Christian faith is foundational in my strength and my resilience. And the reason I know that something is supernatural is because it goes beyond common sense. And it's not pretending that everything's fine or ignoring my struggles, because that can actually be detrimental to our mental health and our emotional well-being. So it's not about pretending, because, oh my goodness, there's so much pretending in the world, and that's really not where we're going here. I'm looking for being real. And I want to be able to acknowledge that the challenges I face allow me to grow my faith. And when I see God show up in the moments when I have courage that I can't explain and when I de- I'm determined to press on, then I know that God has not abandoned me and that the foundation is still there. Do you feel that too? In the middle of whatever you're wrestling with, why do you still believe? If you don't think you believe, that could be possible. Do you have a tiny sense that there might be a higher power at work? That's that little light that I'm talking about. When he shows up and there's this sense, even when I'm not sure I believe, I know there's still somebody at work. Do you see surprising signs that God is working things out for your good and his glory? When we balance faith and reality, it means avoiding the temptation to use faith as a means of escaping or denying the hardships we face. And while faith provides comfort, it's not a substitute for taking practical steps to address our challenges. So when I say God's got this, it doesn't mean that I'm not cooperating with him. I'm not just sitting back and saying, okay, God's got this, take it and take it over. I'm doing my part. I'm doing what he's called me to do. I'm taking those steps of faith that he calls me to, and he shows up there with me. As much as I want to escape conflicts and skip wrestling through what I believe, Uh, Walking through the challenges and being practical and intentional grows me. It gives me a chance to practice putting wisdom and discernment into place. And faith gives me a moral compass to make decisions. I still believe because each time I trust God amid something that shakes me up, it leads to deeper faith in God. And as I untangle from what isn't biblical or true, the freedom I find leads to a path toward a stronger faith in what is true. So this is a long journey. I've been talking about it over a few weeks, just giving you hints of the journey. And for me, right now, my faith is stronger and more solid than it's ever been before. And yet, I've shaken off some of the things that were old beliefs that came from man-made rules and traditions. And so I'm stepping more into the truth of Scripture and more away from the traditions of man. Now, I still go to church. I still do all those things. So it's not like I've abandoned that at all. But at the core, I'm believing and following in what Scripture says first. That is the heart of belief. Let's try to wrap this up in a way that you can imply something here. I started out this episode talking about how God is there in the messy stuff. And I want you to know that you are not alone in your journey of faith. It's completely normal to have moments of doubt, to have questions, and even moments of feeling distant from your beliefs. But remember, faith is a journey and not a destination. Believing in God and his love for you is a profound and personal experience. 
It's okay to grapple with your beliefs, to seek understanding, and to question. And if anybody's ever told you you can't ask questions, you need to press on and ask those questions because asking questions is where we find answers. When you ask a question, it's a sign of a thoughtful and sincere heart, especially if you've had it tangled up with all sorts of other things like rules, shame, condemnation, and discouraging practices. Asking those questions is how you start to step out of that. Basic questions like, what does the Bible say about this? What do I know about God's nature from Scripture? Where have I been led astray? And where has somebody planted um, ideas that are outside of the Bible into my head? All of those are great questions to ask. Now, if this describes you, if you are in the moments of wrestling with your beliefs, I want to remind you of a few things. Number one, you are loved. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, always know that you are deeply loved. God's love for you is steadfast and unwavering even in times of doubt, even when God's people have not been loving or steadfast for you. The second thing is to seek understanding. If you're here listening and you're seeking to understand and grow in your faith, this journey of questioning can lead to deeper and more authentic relationship with God. Number three, embrace your doubts. They can be a stepping stone to stronger faith, so don't be afraid of them. Explore them. Use them as a catalyst for seeking truth. Number four, you are not alone. I've said this a few times, but I'm going to say it again. You are not alone. Many, if not all, believers go through moments of doubt. It's a part of the human experience. Reach out to others who have walked a similar path because sharing your struggles can bring comfort and perspective. And that might take a little bit of bravery to reach out to somebody because it might be hard to find someone who's walked a similar path. Look for people who have left you some clues about walking through and wrestling through what is biblical and what's not. Number five, be patient with yourself. It's okay to not have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. (laughs) Extend the same grace to yourself that God extends to you or that you would extend to somebody else and just be patient with knowing that the answers you don't have today might be something that comes in the future. Number six, tell God how you're feeling. Take time for some prayer and reflection. Pour out your heart. And if you grew up thinking you had to have fancy words for prayer, you don't. It's just you having a conversation with God. So express your doubts and listen for the whispers that come from God in the most unexpected moments. And the last one is trust the process. Trust that this period of wrestling with belief is part of a larger process. It's a journey toward a deeper and more authentic faith. Remember, it's perfectly okay for you to seek, but I want you to hold on to the hope that God is with you, even in the midst of uncertainty. You are cherished, valued, and you're on a unique path of discovery, and it's an exciting one because you know God is right beside you the entire step of the way. Now, if you're someone on the other side of that and you're enjoying a life repurposed and you're like, I am solid in my beliefs, I've landed in that place now, and I can say that even though I'm I'm looking for people in the moments of loneliness, I know that my faith is solid, and yet God has given me a ministry. It's why I started this Life Repurposed podcast. So if you're somebody who, like me, is like, what can I do to encourage other people? I want to give you some ideas for how you can encourage someone else. 
Your experience is a powerful testimony to the strength of human spirit and to God's power and his boundless love. So, your willingness to extend a hand to someone else who is struggling is a beautiful testament of your compassion and your empathy. And here's a few words of encouragement for you as you desire to share that journey with others. Number one, your story matters. Your journey is unique and your story carries weight and meaning. Sharing it can inspire and provide hope for those who may be walking a similar path. And when you share it, it helps someone else connect with you, just as I just shared a minute ago about people seeking out someone who's walked that path. If you share your story, someone else knows you walked that path and they can reach out to you. Number two, listen and empathize. One of the greatest gifts you can offer to someone else is a listening ear. And understand that each person's journey is personal and help them understand that their doubts and their questions are valid. You can empathize with their struggles and let them know they're not alone. And don't be afraid to make it clear that you've created a safe space for them to talk. They might be surprised to find someone receptive to their struggles if they've been shut down when they've tried to express those in the past. Number three, be honest and vulnerable. It's okay to share the moments of doubt and uncertainty you've experienced. Your honesty will create a safe space for others to express their own doubts and fears. I want to tell you that that's part of why I do this podcast as well. I have not walked through a season where I think that um, God had abandoned me or when I feel as if I didn't believe in him. I have not experienced that, but I have experienced disillusionment in my faith. And that's why I've been honest and vulnerable here in saying that God has called me to walk away from being like a Pharisee and to become a true follower of Christ. That's my journey, and your journey is different from mine. So when we're honest and we're vulnerable, we might have people who question us. We might have people who think we've totally lost our marbles. That's okay, because when we're honest and vulnerable with other people, then we create that safe space for them to walk through the journey. Ultimately, then we become like brothers and sisters who support one another on that journey. The fourth thing we can do is offer resources and support. We don't have to be a voice of wisdom. We don't have to know all the answers. We just have to point people toward answers. There are so many times where I'm like, I don't know how to speak to that, but I know someone who can. <laughs> that might be a book. It might be a podcast. It might be a community. It might be another person. It might be just saying, this is a spiritual practice that's been meaningful for me, and you might find this valuable. Whatever it is, we're there to offer resources and support. That means we don't have to have all the answers. And saying, I don't know, is perfectly fine when we're, we're not sure what to say to somebody else. That's being real. So pretending we have answers and faking it is actually not helpful. So let's just point people in a direction where they can get what they need. The fifth thing that we can do is to pray and seek guidance. We can pray for somebody. We can pray with somebody. So sometimes I'm just praying for somebody because I know they're going through a really tough time. But other times I can pray with them and I can say, would you mind right now if I prayed for you? And I've never had anyone say no. So as we continue to lift someone up, we can ask God for wisdom, ask him to give them discernment, ask him to give us discernment as a guide or a mentor. And then when we do pray and seek God's guidance, we can trust that he will lead us to say and do what is most helpful. Number six, respect individual journeys. 
It's important to remember that everyone's journey toward faith is unique. So we need to be patient. We need to respect their pace. We need to honor the individual process and know that their journey and their story is different from ours. Now I'm presenting this from someone who has a perspective of deconstructing, picking apart, looking through, untangling, all, whatever word we might want to use to really get down to the core of faith. I landed on loving Jesus. That hasn't changed. But I'm respecting the fact that there might be somebody listening or you might know somebody who has not landed in that place. Maybe somebody who's totally decided God's not real. And I respect that. And I know that on that journey, there is always room for belief to change. But wherever someone is, is where they are. And so as we as we allow them to have that unique journey, it leaves space for God to do the work that he wants to do. The seventh thing, and the last one here, is to show unconditional love. That kind of really ties into respecting their journey, other people's journeys. But the important thing here is to let love be the foundation of our interactions. Not rescuing, not arguing, not changing, not, not even influencing love. Unconditional love is the foundation of our interactions. And this love and acceptance creates a safe space for someone to grow and transform. Now, it's really easy for us to get defensive or angry when someone realizes they've been disillusioned. That's a tough word for me to say. They've been disillusioned by something that's happened on their faith process, and they might take out those emotions on you, especially if you're at a different place in your journey. Maybe you're really active in church. You love Jesus with all of your heart, and they're like, I just don't want to be around God's people. I've been burned by the church too many times, and they take that out on you. Boundaries are good, but also look for where you can show grace. Now, I'm that's like boundaries are there because we're not doormats, but there are many times we have to look the other way and show grace because we're getting a transfer of someone else's strong emotions. We just represent someone similar to somebody who has hurt them. And so as we show that unconditional love and support, it's a way of helping people let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let him, there's, there's space. We're not shutting them out. And we're showing them that even in your anger, I can love you. As I wrap up, I want to leave this with you today. Life has a way of throwing us curveballs. But remember that even in the messiest moments, God's faithfulness remains a constant. So if you find yourself having a laundry day of life where the socks are missing and the shirts are inside out, take heart. You are not alone and God is at work sorting everything out, no matter how tangled it may seem. Keep that faith alive. Trust the process. Embrace the journey. And remember, you're doing better than you think. I care about you. And more importantly, God cares about you. And that's what a life repurposed is. It's realizing God's love and care and then using that journey to encourage one another. I always leave you with some resources on the solo episodes. And so as we wrap up today, I want to leave you with a few things of what I've been putting in my earbuds in front of my eyes. Actually, it's been mostly earbuds lately. So earlier I mentioned a podcast with some special episodes from people on why they still believe. And the series is titled Why I'm Still a Christian. That's just a little mini series coming out from the Holy Post podcast. So they've interviewed three people so far. And I'm going to link to one of them here in the show notes. And by the way, you find the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 171. And there will be a link to this episode. 
This one is the musician Lecrae. So if you've been a fan of Lecrae's music, you might enjoy the episode explaining why he didn't abandon his faith when it got really hard to stay a Christian. So I'm going to link to that, the Holy Post podcast, that special episode. It's not part of their regular series. Another um, podcast that I've listened to is another episode of the Good Baggage podcast with Ike Miller. I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago that I had listened to an episode. And in this one, Ike talked with his wife, Sharon, and they talked about being married to an adult child of dysfunction and how they navigated the challenges in their relationship. Um, Ike talks about his past. Sharon talks a little bit about hers and how they've navigated through that. And so I will link to that episode of the Good Baggage podcast in case you're curious to listen to that as well. Um, Our past really do affect how we process through things now. And so if you've come through a life of dysfunction in the past, you know that it affects what you're going through right now in the relationships that you have. And in the Good Baggage podcast, Ike shows how even those things can be repurposed in a way that we learn and we grow and we become better people. The last resource that I want to give you is the audiobook that I recently listened to called Counting the Cost. This is by Jill Duggar Dillard. And if you've watched the Duggars on TV, then you know who Jill is. <laughs> if you haven't, then you won't know and maybe the book won't make that much of a difference for you. But um, just a caveat, because this is a little bit of a review here too, I listened to the audiobook and I had to get past some audio quality issues. And then I'm a book editor. Like that's what I do professionally. So there were just some places where I was like, oh my goodness, you, the editing here needed a little bit of work. It's okay. I have to tell my perfectionist self to let that go and focus on the content. But if you're somebody who's super picky, you now have my objective input. But here's why I'm sharing this with you because this is a really good book. This is a heartbreaking memoir, and I don't want to just be like um, being maybe profiting from somebody's pain by just being entertained by it. That's not really why I'm recommending this book at all. Uh, Out of curiosity, I really wanted to read it because what you see on TV and what you're hearing behind the scenes are not the same, and it's really a good representation for us of how Christian faith might be represented one way in the public eye. And then what's happening behind the scenes might be a different thing. And so if you're someone who has experienced that very dramatic contrast in your own life, like the public thing being different from what's happening in private, this would be a good resource for you because I think you'd be encouraged by Jill's story. Now, there were times as I was listening to this, I was on a road trip, and there were times when Jill was sharing and I was speaking aloud while I was listening in my car. I was like, oh, girl, oh, my goodness. I just... Like, I wanted to hug her because I wanted to tell her that I'm sad for what has happened to her. I'm aware that it feels like voyeurism to listen in on someone else's pain, but this reminds us to speak up against spiritual abuse. We have to stop normalizing it. So the secrets and the manipulation and the intimidation that Jill talks about in this book are not part of true Christianity. She even talks about feeling like it was part of a cult. And, um, Specifically, she talks about the um, Bill Gothard ministry and how it influenced her family. But she also talks about how her her dad and her mom manipulated her quite often. And so through this process, Jill is really a victim of a false gospel. 
And she gives a great example of untangling the lies of the past from the truth. And here's why. She shares both positive and negative things. And it's very clear in listening to this book or if you're reading the book that her intent is not getting revenge and not bashing her family. She shares a lot of things about what was good about her upbringing. And she's sorting through and looking at what's good and untangling that from what's bad. Jill is still really in the process of exiting from this pain. And so I think her journey has just begun. I think there's going to be more to her story I look at some of the things that she talks about, some of the connections she has in her in her current church, and I think, eh, I have a feeling there's more to her story that's going to come, um, particularly, I th- and, and, and this is just me, my, my look at it, so take it for what you will. I see that she's still in a very complementarian type of relationship between husband and wife with some of the very traditional views of biblical manhood and womanhood womanhood. (laughs) But um, for me, I've come beyond that journey to a place where um, I see how God has created us equally with gifts and abilities. And um, so I'm kind of curious to find out down the road if that changes for Jill or not. Maybe it won't. um, But I'm just saying that she's still really under the idea of um, being submissive to her husband in a way that sounds kind of similar to the umbrella that she talks about with God, parents, husband. Um, Even though she's really speaking out against it, I see flavors of it there. Our flavors of our past are always there with us, aren't they? So anyway, this is a long explanation, but Jill is in the process of exiting from that pain. And for now, I cheer her on as she finds new purpose outside of the bondage of being a TV celebrity. And I hope that as this process continues, that it's it's going to be a beautiful story that comes out of it. For now, I encourage you to look for Counting the Cost by Jill Duggar Dillard if you're looking for a good read and um, processing through some of the things I've been talking about in these latest episodes. Okay, I will link to that Tasha Layton song, It's Gonna Be Okay. If you want to see the YouTube video of that, I'll have that there. That is all the resources I have for you today. I want to thank you for spending these moments with me. If this episode resonated with you, don't forget that I'd love to have you subscribe so that you get future episodes or share it with a friend who might be in need of a little bit of hope today, somebody who needs some encouragement I also will be sending a free resource out to my mailing list to help you on your life repurpose journey. This week, it's a worksheet to help you identify your messy areas, to look for God's presence in the midst of that mess, to set some intentions for growth, and to encourage others. All of the past worksheets stay in the resources available to my Patreon subscribers at Life Repurposed Plus. I will link to that in the show notes because if you're a fairly new subscriber and you want to have some of those other resources and you've missed them because they went out a long time ago to my list, now is a perfect time for you to support the show and get those free resources. Well, they're not free. You're supporting the show. In exchange for supporting the show, I'm giving you some bonus resources. Okay. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Until next time, keep smiling, keep believing, and know that you are loved. Take care. You've been listening to Life Repurposed. 
If you'd like bonus resources sent to your inbox each week, be sure to sign up at michellerayburn.com 